tits. It is a sun- sunny Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, not Saturday morning, in which we are recording episode. And I have to, I have to look up what we're at now because I don't even know. Uh, I think it's two two four. Uh, two twenty three. Because last week, uh, two, two, all we had was a trilobite. Uh, yes, episode two twenty three. Uh, yesterday, I had my pupils dilated and I was blind. So I did not want to be staring at a computer screen uh, and be nauseous. So we postponed it to a Sunday, which doesn't affect when you hear this because I never work on these on Sundays anyway. So, uh, But I am the host of the TryGames.net podcast, Austin, and I am with the co-host of the TryGames.net podcast, you. Oh, I could have sworn you just said I am the host of the TryGames.net podcast twice. No, I said I, I thought I said I am with the co-host Ah, uh, look at that. My comprehension of English sucks, and this is the antipode who had bad English comprehension. And Petey's going, no, I hate I hate pseudonyms. His name is Al. Okay. Hi, Pete. Uh, Pete continues to not be with us. Uh, we'll get him back at some point. Uh, his internet, I, I'm assuming, is still acting up. Uh, but, uh, you know, you'll, you'll hear his lovely sexual chocolate voice at some point in the distant or near future. But for now, you're stuck with us hobos. Um, hey, hey, we're not hobos. We live here. I live under a bridge. Well, that would make me a troll. Anyway, so uh, big news. Uh, gigantic price drop for the for the 3DS. Um, there's kind of a bit... There's quite a bit to say about that, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like Pete, Pete actually posed a, a very interesting question. Is this the quickest and biggest price drop for a console or... Or, or handheld. I don't think it is, but I think the spirit of the question is aimed at major releases from major companies. Because I'm sure that there's some shit out there that came out that was like some weird off-brand thing, like like an FM Towns Marty or something that like nobody bought in like three months and they slashed it. I don't I don't fucking know, but you know I I I looked it up and I tried to find it and I couldn't. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about that during. You know our our actual segment, but as we usually like to start off with, I would like to know from you, good sir, what really? what what games you have been putting into your machines and pressing the buttons with and stuff. Um, well, it's been two weeks. It's right? been two weeks. Right. Well, I finished Portal Two last weekend. Oh shit! I gotta catch up. And um, that game is good. Uh, it was very funny. Very good scripting. Mm. And uh, it's it's cool, like the things you learn in Portal Two about the backstory of that part of the universe. It's really cool. Um, I also, uh, what else did I play? Hmm. Well, uh, b- before you move off of that, I'm really curious, and mm-hmm. I'm not asking for spoilers, but you know, I have seen uh, uh, clips or or teasers which definitely definitely tie, and I, I, this is no news to anybody, you know, they, they tie the Portal and the Half-Life universes together. Do they, do they, when you say about the backstory, how they fill that stuff out, do they go to some length to involve the Half-Life universe any further, or is it still just 
Aperture Science and that universe alone. Being that I don't know, I, I, yeah, I shouldn't say universe about Half Life. Okay, uh, because I haven't even <clears throat> finished oh, the first game. All right. Um, I don't really know the relationship between Portal and Half Life, but at the same time, um, I, I don't know. Everything seems to be relating to, um, Aperture Science. Okay. But I don't know what the purpose of Aperture Science is, and I don't know why they are doing all this testing. I don't know if that is something that's revealed in Half Life for science. Somewhere. That. <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay, so, which, yeah, that's true. But yeah. ah. for what science? Well, I mean, for your purposes, as far as I know, I mean, at, at the very least, the universe is the same universe. I don't think that necessarily means that they are going to actually, you know, bring or 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 involve Gordon Freeman or any other characters in the Half Life universe. I should say in the Half Life mythos into the Portal story. But at the very least, they take place... I, I hear that they are in the same continuity. So, like, it, it's kind of like saying there might be some random, like, French dude named Pierre in France who we don't fucking know. Like, we've never met him, but he lives on Earth, and so do we. So in that, sen- yeah. in that sense, it's part of the same continuum, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to sit there and tie the two storylines together. Right. I, um, I doubt that. I don't think that that's yeah. uh, the case. I mean... I don't know if they make any mentions of anything that exists in Half-Life because I haven't played Half-Life. Okay, gotcha. Um, but just in terms of like what happens in its own story, it, it's really funny uh, what happens and the, the stuff you go through and the stuff the other characters in the story go through. Did you find it funnier than the first Portal? Uh, yes, certainly. Okay, so they, so they, they one-upped the writing, gotcha. Oh, yeah, and um, there's a lot of... Um, you know, extra personality thrown into it. Like I'll say, um, there's a, a voice, voice, a uh, character in the game voiced by J.K. Simmons. Oh, J.K. Simmons is always funny. That is fantastic. And um, you know, everybody else is pretty much like the same. And I, I, I like the the voices because they really make the lines funnier. Right. Um, you know, the Glados, her, you know, the I forget her name, uh, Ellen something or other. Uh, I think Ellen McLean. That's the woman who does Gladys's voice, and she does the singing, you know, for the two Jonathan Colton songs that they have right. for Portal. And um, she does a really good job, as always, as Glados. And um, I don't know who plays Wheatley. Wheatley is uh, this other robot that you see at the beginning of the game. Oh, I think I... Oh, try to remember. It's got a British accent. Uh, well, not a British accent, more like uh, kind of like a... Almost like a Cockney accent, almost. A little bit of Cockney, like yeah, that. A little bit. Okay. It, I I can't, I, I can't imagine a ro- a a a a, a, me- a mechanized version of a Cockney. I that I have to hear. Yeah, I mean, all it is is it's a a a, a sphere with an eye. Right. It's it's a core, and uh, they have other cores and stuff in the game, which, like I mentioned to you, they're voiced by Nolan North. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Nolan North, who's that? Has he ever done any video game voices before? Hmm, well, he also did vid- uh, video game voices for the next game I played, which was Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Jesus Christ, he is everywhere. Uh, yeah, he is everywhere. Oh my god. Uh, but he play- He does the same character that he does in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which is Deadpool. Um, oh, he does Deadpool? Interesting. Yeah, he does Deadpool. Huh. And he does a really, really good job of Deadpool because he makes him really funny. Uh, 
And also the lines that he gets, he really rattles them off in true hilarious, like, I'm a psychopath fashion. Right. Because, you know, Deadpool is, is a crazy motherfucker. He's a pool of dead ants. Um, so playing uh, Spider-Man Shadow Dimensions and currently uh, I'm on Act 3. I just finished Act 2 yesterday. There's three acts. Of, you, you play as four different Spider-Man. You play Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, I should say. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, which is the Black Suit Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man 2099 and Spider-Man Noir, which is uh, like a 1930s Spider-Man. Is that the one which is mostly a stealth-style mission? Yeah. Uh, there's essentially... The th- the other three Spider-Man uh, levels are kind of the same. Uh, you know, Amazing Spider-Man is just your traditional, like, uh, third-person action, mostly, like, fighting, uh, a little bit of, like, swinging and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2099 uh, is still a third-person, like, fighting-ish type of game, but there's some free-fall areas that make it special. Uh, you just basically are falling, like, into the screen, and you have to dodge stuff, or you have to catch somebody, and... Uh, Ultimate Fa- Spider-Man falling into the screen, so like you're looking at his back or his yeah, belly. Uh, okay, you're looking at his back. There's also another one where uh, you're you're falling down, but the screen you're in front of the screen, well, in front of the background. So you're flying toward the screen, I should say. Okay, so you're like looking at his forehead or so at you're his looking face. at his face. Gotcha. Right, and then there's stuff falling faster to him. You have to kind of dodge that. You know um, that that reminds me of you finished God of War three, right? Yes. So it's similar to that. Yes. Except in reverse, because in God of War three, you're staring at his. You're only going up. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I hated those parts. <laughs> yeah, those parts are really rough. Um, in Spider Man, it's a little bit easier. Um, although they're you know the thing about Spider Man Shadow Dimensions, it's an excellent game. I really like it. Uh, I like the fact that they have a, a really good balance of fighting and web swinging and um. You know, the the things that make each Spider-Man unique. Uh, a lot of people didn't like the Spider-Man Noir because they felt that it broke up the pace. Uh, yeah, right. Because you had to do a lot of hiding in the shadows and you had to do a lot of, um, you know, putting yourself in a proper place to get guys out because you can't just fight guys. You can't Spider-Man. You can only, yeah, you can't. Well, you can't. You, you, Spider-Man is so many different things. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you can't just, like, brawl with guys. Ordinarily, you had the only place that you can brawl is in certain areas of the of that level where guys come out and you fight them. But if you were doing the stealth portion and you tried to fight them, you can't beat them really, and they take off so they they take off your health like nothing, and mm. they shoot at you. You're like you lose half your health or something like that. And that's the way it's designed. It's designed such that you're supposed to sneak around in the shadows and take them down one hit, one button, one hit. So. um a lot of people didn't like how that broke up the pace, but I liked it because I like having the opportunity to be calm and not have to run around and like fight everybody and do things. And then there's a lot of rescue missions where you got to go around to certain areas and pick up people. You may have to defend them from attack. Uh, there was this one Spider-Man 2099 uh, level where I had to rescue like four civilians or five civilians, but they were getting attacked all at the same time. So they had this one big energy bar and you had to go and fight off the guys, pick up the civilians and put them in a drop off point before their, before their collective energy goes to zero. Mm. Um, but the ultimate Spider-Man levels are more, um, I, I don't really know 
what the difference is. I mean, other than the fact that the art style for each uh, Spider-Man is different, like the Amazing Spider-Man is more of a comic book style, whereas the Ultimate Spider-Man is more cel-shaded. The Spider-Man 2099 is more realistic looking in terms of the textures and it's very futuristic. And the noir is all um, retro vintage. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, grainy resolution, the, 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 the grain filter, and very, very dark. Uh, and if you, because I set the game to, um, you know how you set the game brightness and you have to like set the meter to a certain point where you can barely see the image. Right, right. Uh, I did that and it's, it's real dark. So, um, that leads me to something that I can't, it doesn't annoy me, but I feel like it kind of sucks. Um, you have spider sense, which is akin to detective mode in uh Batman. Batman Arkham Asylum. And you know the argument with detective mode? Uh yeah, I I I heard that people were using it so much that like you don't they 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 rarely play the game with it off and exactly. that, and that kind of ruined the experience of, you know, seeing how beautiful the levels were and like how, you know, the, all the work that they put into the artwork of the game and just experiencing mm-hmm. the game for itself, it took that away. Right. And you have that exact same issue in this game. Uh, oh. Because they have uh, Spider-Man emblems, which are collectibles, and the problem with the Spider-Man emblems, in my opinion, it, it's not really a problem, but I, I, pers- I personally think it's a problem. Uh, the emblems A give you a little bit of life back, B give you uh, essence, Spider essence, which is currency to upgrade your powers and upgrade um, your combat skills, and then there are also eight hidden spiders in every level which are a little bit difficult to find, but they are visible on the spider sense. Also visible on the spider sense is um, the enemies, location of the enemies, and things like that. Uh, when, you use spider, when you use the spider sense, the screen kind of turns gray, but you can see all the spider emblems in the vicinity and things like that. Now, for me, I'm a collecting whore. It takes me forever to, to beat these levels. First off, that's one problem that I have personally with the game is that since I'm such a collector whore, I take like an hour to finish every stage and you get ranked on how fast you finish the stage and like your how you fought in your combo multipliers and um in how many spider essence you get so usually i get gold on the combo gold on the essence and like silver or bronze on the time can you go back and like beat the level get your medals and then go back and collect the essences yeah well yeah you can do it anyway like any anytime you go through the level um Whatever you've collected or whatever has, remains collected. So if you collected all the essence, well, I, I don't know if the essence reappears, but the the essence doesn't really count if you've completed the next thing that we're going to talk about, the challenges. Um, in every level, you have challenges that uh, it's a web of challenges, and they call it the web of destiny. And the challenges a lot of times pertain to parts of the game that you get through, like, oh, beat X character, you know, the, the the bad guy of that level in the first fight or beat the guy in the last fight. Some of it is like have that bad guy destroy X amount of pillars during the fight in this part. Do, and hmm? do they match up with the achievements? No, they don't. They're not even related to achievements. Interesting. Okay. Achievements are mostly um, you get an achievement when you finish every level. Um, there's some achievements where like if you kill a certain number of enemies, you get uh, like 100 enemies, 500 enemies, 1,000 right. enemies. Uh, 
I haven't really seen it in much of the others. There's like 40-something of them, I think, but a lot of them are secret. Um, but the challenges themselves, the challenges give you essence, which uh, allow you to unlock the powers. And the progression of the, the unlocking powers is affected by how many challenges you finish. There's 180 challenges, and like if you complete five challenges, you get a set of um, unlockables. And you complete 10 and 15 and, well, 10, 20, 30, 40, you know, etc., so it behooves you to complete the challenges so that you can upgrade Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So the challenges combined with the spider essences really, they don't make me run through each level. <laughs> so I wind up taking a lot of time in each level, which is all right. But then at the same time, I want to finish the damn game. So it's taking me a lot longer that, than I expected. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember. I think I was talking about the differences in each of the Spider-Man levels, but um, I already talked about the 2099 and the Spider-Man Noir and the Amazing Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man seems to be similar to the Amazing Spider-Man, um, except for the fact that you have like a rage mode where you kind of just lose it when you're fighting um, enemies. It's you know because you have the black suit and the black suit is supposed to be like taking over, but in the game there's a plot line where you have control over the black suit so it doesn't uh, consume you. Uh, and that's that's it for Spider-Man for description purposes. It's a good game. Just go get it. It's probably cheap. Um, and like I said, there's three acts, one for each spider well, one stage for each Spider-Man in each act, and then there's a final level. So it's kind of short. Oh, okay. How, how close are you to the end? I'm on act three, the start, so I have five stages left. Gotcha. And so if I take an hour to finish each stage like I've been doing, it'll be another five hours until I finish the game. What um, else? Let's see. I played a little bit of Pokemon Black, and I got my fifth badge. Uh, nothing special about that. It's Pokemon. I played Darksiders for the first time yesterday uh, because I managed to get my controller to work. I have a Logitech Cordless Romo Pad 2, and it doesn't work natively with the game because the game is set to work only with the Xbox controller. Uh huh. So if you just you know install the game and turn it on and you have that rumble pad the buttons are all messed up they're all like reversed and when you get into the game the camera is stuck facing down or spinning around or something like that it's different for people different people's computers or whatnot so i had to download a xbox 360 controller emulator and install that which was only a couple of files you had to move into the directory of the executable and it kind of links up with executable and it works just fine uh and i also had to uh, stop my Logitech profiler from running because they said that the profiler was what was causing the camera to point down. So when I did that, it worked and I started playing and the game is great. It's, you know, beat em up like God of War, very cathartic and the storyline is really interesting. Uh, have you, how much of Dark Souls have you played? Uh, only about like 40 minutes and like from what I remember it being described as, it's like Zelda structure with God of War combat. Yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Which is why I was really like looking forward to that game. I was like, ooh, like I like God of War. I like Zelda. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've played about an hour and a half of uh, Darksiders, and um, it's a beautiful game. Oh, it's especially gorgeous. on it is 1080p, gorgeous. and it the sound is is pretty uh, good. Like the the music is good and the the voice acting is really good. 
um, I like the storyline just because it's about like you know apocalypse and um, you know you're playing as one of the four horsemen, but what happened is that the four horsemen are supposed to come at a specific time uh, because of an agreement made between heaven and hell, and you come out as if the call was made and it wasn't. And no, no one's there, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then like the head so, dude, the head dude's like, you fucked up. Yeah, and then they like. You actually like the destroyer. He kind of like takes you and crushes you, and then sends you to the the burning council, which is supposed to be the mediator between heaven and hell. And then they send you on this quest to basically like rectify the situation, and that that was really interesting. Um, let's see now. I downloaded Bastion for my birthday. I bought that because um, it came out the same day as my birthday. <laughs> And I played a little bit of that, about probably half hour, 45 minutes of it. haven't played it since because the high temperature, I was not sitting in the living room. So I unplugged all my consoles and just let them sit off for the whole week. Mm -hmm. And then when I was able to start playing games in house again, because, you know, I did crazy overtime all week. I haven't had any time to play any games at all this week. Um, I played Spider-Man, which was yesterday. So uh, Bastion is another beautiful game. And it's we've talked about it a couple of times, like back when you know you guys went to PAX. Yeah, and uh, it's really interesting in my point of view, like because I've I've only heard what you guys have said about it, like I've never actually seen it myself. And I remembered vaguely things about it, and then when I turned it on and I started playing, and then the narration was, you know, the game was narrating what I was doing. I remembered you guys talking about that. And that's a really nice touch on the game, um, especially like in the opening moments of the game. You like get out of bed, and they tell you that you know the king All gets out of bed. All stories begin at the beginning. And, and then when he, I was breaking boxes, and he's like, "Yeah, he's raging out on those boxes for a <laughs> minute, stuff like that." And then I like fall off the level by mistake because then the kid dies. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and you know things like that. It, it was a really cool touch to the game, and um. I really want to play more of it, but I need to get through just, let's see, I have one, two, three, four, five games that are six games. I really just need to get through really quickly, and I still have to play Limbo, and I still have to play um, Explosion Man and Trials HD, which I got separately, but now they're selling all together, which really sucks, but whatever. Limbo should be a quick one for you. I, I, Trials, Trials and Explosion Man, probably not, because those are... Like platforming intense, well, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of like intensive platforming, whatever, whatever. And, and Limbo is more kind of just uh, that should be quick for you. That that, that should be quick. Like I, I think I, I think I took all of two days to finish it. Okay. So well, hopefully I'll have the time at the moment. Um, with all this extra work I'm doing, I I, I don't even know if I'll be able to play any games this week. Yeah. Uh, I I have some like some stuff to do um i just got called to do uh shows with my cousin um so they're practicing out in jersey tomorrow <laughs> so i gotta head out to jersey after work <laughs> so that's gonna be fun um in the sarcastic and the serious way yeah so anyhow the last two things i want to talk about are uh catherine i bought catherine on Just friday and uh i went through basically like the first two stages of the game in about like an hour and a half and those were the parts that were kind of covered here and there by the demo uh one of the stages 
in the demo was like a modified version of the final stage in stage two. Stage two is actually broken up into three tower puzzles. And then the first stage is the same first stage as the one that's in the demo. And they talk about um, more. They, they had this more expository in between the stages. And then you, you learn a little bit more about, you know, as you play the game, you learn about more of what the game offers. I'll just say like, you know, it starts out with the intro and you do the underground cemetery, which is the first puzzle. And then they show you, um, no, they don't show you anything. Then that, that's only one stage. So you get in, get out of that. And they show you story, 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 story. And then you go in, you're sitting in the bar and you send the text messages. Like I described last podcast. And, um, then you see Catherine and that happens the same way as I described last podcast. Um, then you have, you go home you go home you go to sleep and you have these three stages and in between each stage is a landing and in the landing you get to talk to other sheep and the sheep tell you uh they give you techniques on how to get through the levels which is really cool because uh you know you get to learn easy ways to to get higher in the in the level without having to kind of resort to your own devices and uh then there's more storyline that they kind of uh show you like they say like you, you, you're looking at people and you go, "Why are these sheep here?" But they're saying the exact same thing, and it seems that like everybody in there, in in this dream world, is themselves, but they see everybody else as sheep. Huh. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. And uh, you get to save on the landings, and then you move ahead forward into a confession booth. And in the confession booth, they ask you a question, and this question is randomly generated. You answer it, and it affects. Vincent's uh, disposition, as I've mentioned last week, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Last, last week. Last week's podcast. Last, last week's. Um, last, last week's. Last podcast. Um, and then what's cool about the question is that, like, for example, I got a question. My first question was, do you believe that marriage is when life begins or when, or when life ends? And you get to choose hmm. if life begins or life ends when you get married. And I chose Life Begins. Boom. Pull the cord, and then they send you up to the next level. And as they send you up to the next level, you send your answer to Atlas's server. And then they send you the results of all the people who played the game who answered the first time. And they give you a little pie chart of the percentage of people who answered It Begins and It Ends. And they do that for every question. Hmm. Uh, and it's interesting to see, like, you know, the general thinking process of the people who are playing Catherine. Right. Uh, finally, I did mention, I think I mentioned, I might not have mentioned because that was the week before my birthday. Then again, who knows? I bought a GameCube controller. Yay! Um, I bought the white GameCube controller from Amazon, and it actually turns out that it's the Japanese white GameCube controller, which I think, in my opinion, might be better constructed, better construction, and also comes on a 10-foot wire. Which that's something that's, I didn't expect. Yeah, that's interesting. No, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have expected Nintendo of all companies to change the spec of their product like that. True, because they're like, oh, who cares? Like, well, right. a lot of it's people like, care. Oh, yeah, especially in the Japanese one where you know most of the Japanese uh, houses are, are small. small. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it was. It's a very good thing that they um, increased it to ten feet, and now I can actually kind of play games comfortably from my couch. Although I played. The game that I played last night, uh, really close to the TV, played mm-hmm. Beyond Good and Evil again. Ooh! I haven't really finished it, of course, ever. 
And so I dug out one of my memory cards and I had to delete a whole bunch of stuff because it was a 251. Uh, I don't, I didn't have time to really look for my memory card. What is it, ten something or other? Uh, which probably, well, which definitely has a space. So I wound up just deleting a lot of files that I knew of, of games I knew I wasn't going to play again and started over. And I went to, uh, let's see, the farthest I've gotten so far. I played a little this morning, too. And I did the first area of the Black Isle and, you know, took the picture of the male and female doms, aliens. And then it turns out to be this one big monster and you fight him. And then you find out the whole story behind the guy who hired you for that quest. And then that was it. I had to go out shopping for diapers. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that was fun and very time-consuming. And that's all I played. Two weeks. I, I've been playing the Purge game. And I don't mean biologically, although, you know, uh, I just won't go there. Uh, but uh, I... Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think I've 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 gotten rid of maybe about 14, 15 games in my collection. Um, mm-hmm in the past week or so, which gave me about $100 in store credit. So what do I do? I go out and get Ocarina, even though I said I wouldn't. Well, I lied. So now I have Ocarina. Yeah. This was yesterday. Uh, I I had, like I said, like I, I, right now I have about 112 still left over in store credit. So I'm like, why the fuck not? Uh, Mm -hmm. Because that's something that like when I get, I know I will play through. You know, so True. I got it. Like I, I know for sure because I, I have been on the Zelda kick. I will play through it. Um, yeah, that's kind of the reason. Like you know, I bought Catherine, but I didn't pay full price for it. Actually, I didn't really pay anything for it because I did a little bit of a purge myself, kind of inspired by you. <laughs> um, are you gonna tell the world of the games that you sold, or? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go through some of them as as best as I can remember because it, it, you know, what I did. There's a lot of them. Well, what I did before. I purged the ones that I haven't beaten or mm-hmm. played a lot of. Is I kind of did a I, I kind of did a, a a last hurrah slash final evaluation to determine whether or not yes I do want to get rid of this. So I was playing uh, and and I went over most of this in my trilobite, but I, I was playing Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles and like after about the third time of di- uh, fourth time of dying on the same stage and being kicked back to a faraway checkpoint, I'm like that's it. Like I don't have the tolerance for this. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I got rid of that. Um, I tried playing Deep Labyrinth for the DS, which is um, which is an RPG from the first-person perspective, uh, and it uses a stylus to direct your sword swing. So if you swiped from left to right, you do a sword swing that went from left to right. And if you went, you you, you get the picture. Anybody listening? Yes. Um, and it's just the reaction time in that shit was so slow. Uh, and so clunky, and casting a spell was like you, you had to use a stylus to draw patterns on an, on a three by three grid. Uh, is it three by three or four by four? I don't know. That the concept itself was cool. The execution, just like the sword swiping, was not because like the reaction time of uh, there's something off about the way that it tracked your stylus strokes. So it like even though you did the right pattern, it wouldn't always track. And hmm. it would just not cast, and it was just like it was just very, very aggravating to sit through. Um, so, I, like after about an hour, I'm like, I know I paid six dollars for this game way back in the day. I want my six dollars and my hour back because this was just like, ugh. Uh, 
like the it was one of those things where there's always a point I feel in uh in a kind of for lack of a better word in a gimmicky console's life and I don't like using the word gimmick to describe the the DS or the Wii because gimmick implies it's a one it's like it's a flash in the pan and then it's done right um in this, oh you're typing away there uh in this ah. case in this case um like there's always a point in in such a console's life where you end up buying or trying a whole bunch of games that try to use that gimmick or 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 whatever feature in certain ways and you kind of go okay I'll give it a shot and then at the end of the life cycle when like the good games have all come out and the bad games have all come out and we know what's good and we know what's bad um you kind of go back to those games and you try to play them again or you play them with a with a different perspective of having played really good games, and you're like, why did I ever buy this? Or why did I ever bother with this? Deep Labyrinth was one of those things where it's just like, oh yeah, you can control your sword swipes with the stylus, that seems kind of interesting, and it's six bucks, I'll give it a shot. And then I play it now after having played shit like, you know, the Phoenix Wright games, uh, Advance Wars, Castlevania, Meteos, uh, Final Fantasy IV, all this other shit, and you go back to this, and you're like, this really, no, no, you're, you're, no. Like why? Um, it's kind of it's kind of a similar phenomenon to launchitis, where there's nothing out for a system. Like like what happened with the 3ds? Why did I have to go out and buy th- uh, Monkey Ball 3D and Ridge Racer? No reason. No no reason at all. But there was nothing to play aside from Street Fighter and like a touch of Tom Clancy. And that, you know what I mean? It's, 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 you have a dearth of things, and you're like, oh, this is not that bad. Yeah, it's kind of okay. If I had kept Monkey Ball and and Ridge Racer and like in five years gone back and played those games on my 3DS, I'd probably be like, why did I ever buy these? Um, <laughs> like, there's there's no point. Um, and those games for different reasons, of course, because it's like, well, I have these games basically already. I have better versions of them on other, on other consoles, so why? Um, but, you know, again, it's like, a, it's like a similar principle, and, like, it, it, it kind of, like after having had this, this, this system, this, the, the DS... In, in particular, because a bunch of the games that I got rid of yesterday were DS games. Um, actually, all of them were DS games yesterday. It's it, it you know it's one of those things where you know in hindsight you, you not only in hindsight of having had the system for such a long time, but you know me you know getting older and having less time and having had the experiences that I've had in gaming up to this point and things like things are finally starting to uh, to shake out. And just like my my brain has has is starting to hone in on yes I'll deal with this shit no I won't deal with that shit like the, the, Sonic Rush was one of the games that I you know gave a last hurrah and was on the fence like this is supposed to be a good Sonic game when I fr- when I first played it I I was like yeah I can kind of dig this I can see this working mm-hmm. again one of those like yeah I could see it yeah this might be alright kind of things where now that I have zero time and I'm like I-, I think I made this remark to you on the last podcast of I never really thought Sonic was that great of a franchise like when I actually right. sat down and played it I sat down and played this and I'm like you know what I was right like I-, I never really dug this that much in the first place like I kind of tolerated it because it was a major gaming franchise and there were some moments that I did like um Case in point, I think Sonic Advance was the, was the one where I actually sat through, and I actually the only Sonic that I actually ever sat through and willingly beat, and was like, okay. Um, and I I went through 
the second world in Sonic Rush. I started doing all those stupid spin dashes and loop-de-loops and gone real fast and lost control and then fell into bottomless pits and got into the water stage and had to find bubbles. And I'm just like, you know what? I just don't, you know, I don't have the tolerance for this anymore. I don't enjoy this anymore. I'd much rather be playing a Mario or a Mega Man. Like, this this is not a good game to me anymore. Um, and, and, you know, th- and that's not to say that it's not a good game. Period. Like, th- it, it has an appeal to some people. But, like, for me, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, these are the DS is really starting to hit its stride. It's it, this is the p- t- the time period where Nintendo Dogs came out, um, right after Advance Wars came out, and like it was starting to get these good games. And Sonic was one of them, simply on the premise that hey, it's a two D Sonic game, which is very important, a two D Sonic mm-hmm. game, you know, and it's a it's another third party property that was coming to the DS. Let's support it. Went out and bought it. You know, tried to dig it and convince myself that I did like it. And then now, you know, with less time and more age, it's like, no, you never really liked this in the first place. Like, you know, had had cooler heads prevailed, you would have never bought this. But I did. And now it's gone. And it went towards Ocarina. Um, what else did I try to... Trauma Center. Okay. Trauma Center is a completely different beast. Trauma Center was something that I thoroughly enjoyed. That I thought... That I think in, in any incarnation, whether it be on the Wii or the DS whether it be the first game on the platform or the second game, because each platform has two trauma centers. Um, at some point, you should, you know, you should, as, as, a, as a gamer, you should find them and play them. One of them, at right. the very least. Like, that was completely different. That was a game that took advantage of the system's features really well and was just a very well-done game, except for the fact that it gets really, really, really fucking hard about... Uh, I, I, so I was on the fourth out of fifth chapters, and each chapter has like a handful of operations. So I think the the real the real count was about I, I may have been like twenty four, twenty three or twenty four operations in in the game, and there's maybe a total of thirty to forty or something like. Do you that. know how many uh, hours you you played? Uh, by the time I ended up selling the cartridge, I had logged six. Me too. I was about six and three quarters hours into. And one hour and fifteen minutes of that was spent in the last hurrah moment, you know? So, like, uh, it, so, so like a large a large chunk of my gameplay came into that last two days that I was playing the game. Um, but, yeah, like, like, that's a, like I said, that's a totally different case. Great game. Like, the reason why I sold it, again, was just it got too hard, and I don't have the patience, and I'm not that good at it, period. But that is not a condemnation of the game itself, whereas for Sonic Rush, it was one of the things where it's like, okay, this is a Sonic game. I never really like Sonic that much anyways. Um, but that went, that went back... Um, I should find the receipt and just read off uh, all the yeah. shit that I put back. Um, uh, Sheeran the Wanderer Mystery Dungeon. I mean, I played the shit out of that to review it, so there's no reason for me to have kept it. Um, True. Assassin's Creed Discovery for the DS, which is, it was fun for a while, but I really only got it because I was on a huge Assassin's Creed kick and could not wait until the next one. So I had I had to just find anything and everything that I could about Assassin's Creed and absorb it. And in reality, that wasn't a good purchase because although it was a fun game, it was one that like this is why I think I really need to start considering Gamefly because there are a lot of things that I buy to try for an extended period of time and then put them back. Because another one of those uh, another such game was Puzzle Quest Two, which I did not give oh, a Lazarus to. Mm-hmm. Um. I had Puzzle Quest for the PSP, dug it for a good handful of hours, and then just got sick of it. I was like, you know what? I'm done with it. And then 
Brad Shoemaker on Giant Bomb started talking about how Puzzle Quest 2 was like put in a gigantic loot factor. And I was like, huh. And so I tried it. And for a handful of hours, I was like, this is rad. And then after I stopped playing it for a while, and then I try, and then I thought about going back to it, I was like, you know what? I have no desire to go back to this because I'm playing all these other games that are actually a lot better. So that's getting that's getting gotten rid of. That's getting got gotted rid of or something. However you something want to like that. It. Yeah, it's getting gone. Yeah. Um. But before the DS games that I sold back, I also sold you know like I said I sold back Umbrella Chronicles and a couple of other Wii games. So one of them was um. One of them was Mad World, because I'd beaten it, and it's one of those things that was, like, fun for the moment, and I'll never go back to again. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold that, oh, I sold back 999, because yeah, I, I played, yeah, I played the shit out of that game. That was one of those things where, again, like, Trauma Center, I got, I really got my money's worth, and there was no reason to go back to it, because I really played the shit out of that. Uh, something like Ace Attorney, I would always go back to, because there's just something about those games, all of those games, that I, that I, that was really easy for me to enjoy, and it's like, it's it's like a comfort food, it's like Final Fantasy for me. It's and also I, like reading a good book again. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, Miles Edgeworth, I think I would, I think I would not hold on to. Mm. Like, the, the, the proper Ace Attorney courtroom games, I would hold on to, but Miles Edgeworth, I wouldn't. Um, and I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that says something about just the the characters and the story, or, or maybe it says more something about how how the uh, how the gameplay fleshed out. But I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's a good again a good game, and I would I, you know I just wouldn't go back to it, uh, which mm-hmm. makes it which which is a difference there. Uh, what other Wii games did I get rid of? Or P- oh yeah, God of War and God of War Two because I downloaded the HD versions on PlayStation Three. So that's that's a different scenario. Um, mm-hmm. But like uh, for a lot of these games, it was kind of it. It was one of those things where it's like, all right, you know, this is the shakeout phase. This is where I determine did I make a mistake in buying this or not. Let me give one last play and see if I care about this game. No, I don't. This is gone. Um, and I think I think from you know from here on out, like I I saw a qu- it, it it begins again. I saw a quick look of Dead or Alive on 3DS, and I'm like, this looks really good. And it's a, I know it's a good fighting game. And then I stopped myself and, go, and I was like, you know what? I'm simply not going to play it a lot. When's the last time I touched I, I touched Street Fighter 3DS? A long time ago, probably like three months ago. Um, no, no, that's a lie. Maybe two months ago, but still, you know, like yeah. Eventually, like, and I'm not. I don't. I don't want. I'm not going to be playing online that much anymore. Like, and eventually, with a fighting game, until you have friends over, or until you do. And this is why I like Mortal Kombat a lot. Until you do something that has an extensive single player thing. Like, if you don't play with friends a lot, which I don't. Like, there's no point to it. So it's like, when would I play DOA? And do I want to play with asshats online? I kind of don't. Um, so I stopped myself there. Um, Pac-Man and, and Galaga Legends, or Galaga, or I think it's Dimensions. Yeah, that's what you said. Dimensions. Pac-Man and, and Galaga Dimensions. I was like, I saw a quick look on that, and I'm like, holy shit, Pac-Man Champion, Championship Edition is in there, in the flesh. I should so totally get this. And I thought about it, I was like, I don't play this on my Xbox. So why would you play it on your DS? Why would I play it on my DS? Um, it's also I'd be paying forty bucks for one game because I'm not going to get that much mileage out of the original Pac-Man games. I'm not going to get or that, Galaga or, or or the original Galaga game. You know, as much as I might, and, and like I was really tempted because like you turn on the 3D effect and they have these like cabinet effects where that there's one 3D effect for cocktail table where it looks like straight down and it kind of mimics mm-hmm. the effect 
uh, or it's supposed I like I couldn't see this on a quick look because you can't capture that footage. But what I from what I understood, it kind of mimics how a Game Boy Color or a Game Boy game looks on the 3DS when you use right, when where you use it Easter egg. puts the screen a little bit behind the the actual design the LCD. of the Game Boy. Yes, correct. Right. Um, there is also a um, a what did they call it? The arcade bend mode where it bends the screen like you're looking at a CRT. Mm. And I thought that was really cool. And I'm like, uh, and then I'm like, you know what? No, like because I'm gonna play it like, like just like Monkey Ball. I'm gonna play it for a week, stop playing it, and then go back to it in spurts, and then just never play it again. It's like, you know, I know that I'm not going to play these things because they don't have longevity. You know, which is why, like, I think at this point, um, it's really gonna come down to like shorter action arcade games, or, or I should say, like action games like a God of War. Or RPGs where, like, I have no choice but to get involved with them if I'm ever going to play them. Um, which, again, leads me to believe that now is probably the time to Gamefly stuff. Um, which will hopefully stop me from spending, like, $5 here and $5 there on Steam games that I will never play! <laughs> that I don't get. Because those fucking Steam... You don't get what? That you know you won't play the game, but you buy it. Because, because one, it's five dollars, and two, it's just so much easier to go and click on something that you will own in a handful of hours, like, and you don't have to do anything. And the fact that hey, I can get these on my laptop too, so maybe I'll play them on my laptop, which of course is is totally not, you know, n- nonsensical. But it's like, <laughs> and, and I shouldn't say that I know I'll never play that play these, but it's more of those I've always wanted to play this, so I'm going to download it. And I never stopped to think, I've always wanted to play this. Does that mean that I'll actually play it? True. They're, they're two different things. So, oh, and the other thing, I just need to stop buying Final Fantasy IV remakes. I don't know if that yeah, will ever happen. I, I really don't. Um, but that's that's really how I've been handling my what I've been playing. It's just like flashes of all the shit that I've been owning and do I want to keep, keep it or do I want to chuck it? And mostly it's been chuck it. Um, have I been playing anything off of Steam? Nope, have not. Puzzle Agent was a while ago. Um, I think that's about it. Um, a little bit frustration with Link's Awakening. I started Ocarina, which looks a lot. I've always thought it looked great, but seeing the opening and just like playing through it, and and remembering how like ugly I thought it was when I was playing the '64 version, and everything was green in Kokiri Forest. Right. Like mm-hmm. everything's still green, obviously, but things just look so much better, and like textures aren't swimming, and it's going at 60 frames a second, and it just it looks really good. Like mm-hmm. it, do- it doesn't look as good as other th- like dedicated 3DS games that like look like GameCube games, but it looks really, really freaking good. Um, so I, I and and I think maybe this is this was probably the right choice for me because, you know, like I said, most of my problem with Ocarina in playing it so late was that I never experienced it when the N64 was kind of at that level of where like this is the visual standard. Yeah. Right. Right. I understand. So. Uh, but that's what I've been playing. Um, um, I, I'd like to take a second and just discuss what I sold for Catherine. Oh, yeah. Um, I sold God of War 1 and 2, which, for obvious reasons, I have the HD collection on a PS3 disc. Um. Oh, you got the disc? I got the disc, Okay. Yeah, it was on sale. Um, uh, so I got that. I sold Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3, because <gasps> I have the trilogy. Oh, okay, okay. 
Okay, that makes sense. I thought you just sold all your Metroid Primes. You don't have any. I'm like, oh no. No, I wouldn't do that. I I would only sell the. I, I sold them because of the redundancy, and I always yes. meant to. Yes, yes. Um, I actually sold Guitar Hero One too. Um, I know you didn't have uh, luck selling it where you were, but I sold mine. They were both for less than a dollar, but uh, you got you got rid of them. Yeah, I got rid of Guitar Hero One, Two, and Rocks the Eighties, all for PlayStation Two. Ugh. And I have Guitar Hero 2 for um, Xbox. So now the only thing I need to do is get rid of my guitar, which I think I might just trash <laughs> because I don't think anybody's going to take it. So um, that's that. Uh, I so Wait, 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 wait. But, mm-hmm? but you still have Guitar Hero 2 for, for 360, so now you're not going to have a guitar to play it with? No, I, I'm talking about my PS2 guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I trash those. Yeah, I have two Xbox guitars. And actually, three if you count the Rock Band, but Rock Band is not uh, Guitar Hero. So anyway, um, I still have all of the Guitar Heroes for 360, you know, two, three World Tour smash hits in Metallica. I sold back Metallica um, and World Tour at some point yes. a while ago. Um, I know that one day I will probably go through World Tour, and I I know I'm going to go back to Metallica one day, like just to play the songs and try and get better at them. Plus, I have the, like, the whole death magnetic thing. Anyhow, um, I sold Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, because they're coming out with, for PS3, the, the Metal Gear Solid collection, right. which is like 2, Snake Eater, and Peace Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably buy that. And I have Metal Gear Solid and Blimcast, so I could always play that in better than Blimcast! Wow, you brought yeah. it back! I brought it back. Holy shit! <laughs> um it's, let's see I it's sold... blinking <laughs> it's blinking I sold infinite undiscovery because I had just finished it, it yeah. and I knew I would never ever ever play that game again uh I actually deleted my saves right after I finished the game that, that was that's like a the... full purge that's like no nope. yeah, I was like I'm not I, I mean the game was good and all but I really just wanted like, to go through the story once is enough yeah and um I actually got a lot of money for that. I got like six bucks for that game, but the game retails for like ten. I got eight sixty two for that shitty assassin. I say it's shitty because it's whatever. I, I actually liked it. I got eight sixty two for Assassin's Creed on DS. I don't know how that crazy. <laughs> I I got eleven dollars for Super Scribble Knots. Yeah, that's still and relatively I, new. Yeah, it's still relatively new. Um, but I was a little bit surprised about that. Um, I sold this uh, Yu Gi Oh two thousand and seven um, World Championship game. Uh, because I I bought it back in 2007 or 2008 when um a guy that I worked with over at technical support he had it and he had it on his R4 but I wanted to play it. R4s and I was are like, evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had it and I went and bought it for cheap because I wanted to play along with him and I was also in like my Yu-Gi-Oh mode which technically I'm I'm. I would like to play Yu-Gi-Oh again, but there's only one person that I know that plays Yu-Gi-Oh, so I, why get the game? Well, yeah. not why I get the game, but uh, now everything has changed so much with Yu-Gi-Oh! in the universe that like there's a, a PSP game that Rob has, and um, I, you know, it's PSP, so we all know that that's accessible. So um, I sold that, and I sold Trauma Center, and I sold... Uh, something else for DS. Um, I can't remember. 
But I will tell you that I wanted to sell Magical Star Sign and Lunar Knights, but they are both in their shrink wraps. And I feel like it would be unfair to me to not have ah. even played the games it's, and then sell them. It's <laughs> funny that you mentioned Star Sign because I actually was going to pull a Pete on you and talk about Star Sign a little bit because I did start playing that. But as far as Lunar Knights goes, like that's another thing I sold. I looked at it and I was just I, I remembered playing through it and just thinking like I I don't like the way this game really feels. Mm. There was just something about it that I didn't like. Uh, uh, I don't know what it was because there was nothing wrong with it. Like I, I remember complaining about like like it having a kind of Crystal Chronicles esque feel to the combat where it was like I had to delay my button presses and that ended up right. totally being a non-issue because I was wrong. Like I tried it again later and I was like, nope, I'm wrong. But there's something about it. I was like, I, I like I'm aggravated by it. So I'm never going to mm. play it again. So I sold that back. Ooh, front mission as well. Is that right? 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 That like just seemed like it was going to get boring, and I'm like, you know what? If I want these type of games, I have Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2. True. And I have the first one. True. Which I wanted to start playing again anyway, so I'm not going to go back to the fucking front mission. But, yeah, so so you said Star Sign and Lunar Knights. What else? I didn't sell No, those. I know you didn't, um, but... But um, what I did sell was Big Brain Academy, because... Oh, uh, oh, you had I, that? Yeah, I had that for a long time. And I was just like, I'm not going to play this game <laughs> Throw that in there. Yeah, I sold I sold Brain Age a while ago. I still have Brain Age. I don't know why. I just do. I, I felt like I got what I would want out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Star Sign actually, um, I think I got that for five dollars. Yeah, I, I think I did too. It's 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 like that was I was so on the on the fence about selling it. Like I was like, this is one of those things that I'm gonna have to give a last hurrah. Well, I started playing it, and there's nothing really notable about it, but it's a simple, like, typical Japanese RPG with, like, a, 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 like a little bit of an intrigue to the combat system where, like, each of your characters has an element associated with him, and at the same, while, you're, while you're in combat, like, each element, earth, wind, fire, water, light, dark, uh, all that shit, has, like, a planet associated with it. And mm. these planets are in rotation, and they're, like, within the fictional solar system, whatever the fuck you want to call it in this game, like, the solar <laughs> system is divided into six kind of colors, each color corresponding to one of those elements. And so when when a certain planet is in alignment with its color in the, in the solar system uh, during its rotation, or I should say during its orbit, that element becomes stronger, and when that element's stronger, the character that corresponds to that element gets a power boost. Um, nice. So it's like one of those things that you watch out for, um, and it has like different rules to the combat. Where like if you're in the back row, um, your magic automatically targets a group of enemies instead of one, and it gets diluted. So it's it's one of those things where like it it, it forces some rules on you, but it makes it a little bit it, it makes it a little bit different and makes you think about how you do things differently. Uh, because of the rules that they force on you. And, you know, I'm not always an advocate of, like, oh, you're making a game artificially harder. But mm-hmm. in this case, I, it doesn't feel that way. I'll have to see. I've only been at it for about half an hour. But, like, in that half an hour, I got to feeling like, no, this is something that I would probably at least put 10 hours, 10 more hours into before I decided, you know what, I'm sick of this or I wanted to keep going. Because, like, I am intrigued now. It's not great, but it's certainly not, like... Okay. It's not terrible. Yeah, I really don't like Sonic, but I bought it anyways. You know, it's not one mm-hmm. of those things. So, you know, I could totally stick with that. Um, so, yeah, d- give that a shot and see what you think of it. Oh, I certainly will. Like, Lunar um, Nights, I would say give it a shot, but I bet you'll be like, meh. Oh, okay. That's just me, though. Um, 
Um, I did want to sell Puzzle Quest, but it was in my bedroom, and I wasn't going back in the bedroom. One, you I have don't one? have okay. any other. I have one for DS. Um, oh, okay. But uh, I didn't. I didn't want to go get it from my bedroom because Evelyn was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> I sold 3D Dot Game Heroes. Uh, I because I I just don't like it. Um, I did like it when I first started playing it, and yeah. then as I got further into the game, I just uh I couldn't stand it. And um, I think that's it. Um, I can't really remember them because I don't have the my phone on me, so I don't have the picture that I took of the monster row of games that <laughs> I had. But um, that was a you know a general collection, and I got the power up subscription and Catherine, and uh, I managed to get I took advantage of the um, deal that they had for the weekend where you get 50% trading value if you put your uh, trade in toward a pre-owned game. Yep. Uh, the clerk offered me Madden 07, which was a dollar. <laughs> so that's, I that's paid awesome. It. That is just, yes. just, just the concept of that is like, yo, there's this piece of shit game for like 75 cents. That'll get you like 50% of everything that you trade in. You want it? Like, oh, okay, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, and... Uh, and then the you never ended up getting the game. Yeah, she uh, put it back. But um, the thing was... She goes, yeah, I, I chose Madden 07 because that's like the one game that we have like a zillion of. And I was thinking, oh, so that means you could spare it? Not that I want it, but, <laughs> um, yeah, so I got a dollar taken off, but 50% on the value of all the other games but, but, combined but, but, with. What I think hmm? is funny is that you got the dollar taken off, but you don't have the product, even though you didn't want the product. Right. You still don't exactly. have it. So it's, it's like perfect. <laughs> uh, so I basically got a dollar to not get. I paid a dollar not to get Madden 07. <laughs> and, and I got Catherine and the subscription, and all I did was pay $10.26. That's nuts. Um, so I'm very happy about that. And I'm going to pull Pete, and there is one more game that I played. Uh, I played Breath of Death 7. That's what I was going to ask you about. Yes. Breath of Death 7, the beginning, is a little indie RPG in the vein of like Dragon Quest-style games where you know you run around an overworld and you're fighting enemies and all you see in the battle screen are the enemies and your life bar well not life bar but your uh life and mp values you get to choose moves and things like that and everything goes after you choose what moves you do into in order of agility and the whole storyline is basically that uh mankind uh you know is a warlike race and uh or species or whatever the fuck you want to call it and the war destroyed the world and everyone on it and after uh afterward like the undead walked the earth and ruled the earth so there's all these ghosts and skeletons and goblins and trolls and ogres and all these f fantasy creatures or whatever that came out Blah. after Blah. the nuclear bomb like destroyed the world and they've maintained a society and then um there's some kind of storyline i don't even know something about Something ominous is threatening this undead. Something ominous this way comes. And the only, uh, you know, the only, the only solution is to have a hero come and like some dude named Dem Skeleton comes out the grave and boom, that's the story. Of course, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's uh, got you know eight bit style graphics, so it's basically like two hundred fifty six colors. Um, very very uh. Uh, simple sprites, you know, uh, block gritty type sp uh, sprites and whatnot. They look good though, um, and the the designs for the enemies are rather detailed. But they're still eight bit 
style hand drawn um pixel art and uh the cool thing that makes it different about the 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 thing that makes breath of death different than dragon quest is in its battle system and in its uh just general uh the combo system thing right yeah like the combo system but also like in terms of how battles affect the game sort of uh i'll talk about that first as you walk on each map that has enemies uh, there's a certain number of battles that you can fight. And after you fight that number of battles, no more enemies will challenge you. And in order for you to fight, you, have, you actually have to select from the menu fight and you you pick a fight. Um, which I thought was cool because, like, all right, in the overworld, you have 200 battles. If you fight 200 battles in the overworld, you will not run into a random battle for the rest of the game on the overworld. Oh. Unless you choose to pick a fight. Um, and then I actually saw that take effect for me i was in one of the levels um it was like a graveyard and you had to climb up these stairs and it would go bring you to like a grassy area and you go back down the stairs and you're at the graveyard and i was kind of walking through the area and the maps are really big so i thought i left i missed something uh i didn't i couldn't quite tell where the treasures could be but then as i went through the level i said oh yeah there's definitely some treasures that i missed so i'll walk back and I cleared the number of battles, and so now I could just walk back and forth through that graveyard area as if it was a, a town. And if I wanted to fight, I'd have to go to the menu and select fight. Right. Uh, but once you're in battle, the enemies actually get stronger as the battle moves on. So at the first, the first round, the enemies are at standard strength. Then the second round, they're at 110% strength. Third round, 120. Fourth round, 130. Yeah, I noticed that in quick look. So the longer that you fight a battle, the harder it becomes. So it behooves you to get rid of them quick. the enemies quicker. Um, overall, I mean, the game has three difficulty levels, easy, normal, and hard. And I play it on normal. And the game seems really easy to me. Bosses are like nothing. Um, and the, the reason why the boss is nothing is because of the combo system. Uh, every time you make an attack that does not break your combo, you get uh, your combo meter rises by the number of hits that you make. So your standard attack is one hit, and then some techniques that you perform are two, three, four hits or whatever. Uh, but then you have techniques and spells like uh, the death blow technique from Dem, the hero. Uh, that is a because you can only have three letters for your character name, right? No, 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 it's four. Four, okay. Because uh, you have Dem, Sarah, and Lita. I don't know the fourth characters yet because I haven't gotten the fourth character. But it's only four characters. Um, Tits. Um, the the combo meter increases the multiplier on your damage per hit. So you do death blow, which is like 66. Like on the first level, death blow is like 66 times one hit. And your multiplier is times six. So you're going to do 66 times six for that hit. And it makes the bosses kind of easy because usually you fight like one boss. Uh, I, I did fight a boss, which was a robot. And it had cars, like ghost cars. If you destroyed the ghost cars, it would summon more. But that was just fodder for me to gain my to, multiplier. To, right, and then just kill the thing in one hit. Right. But if you do something like heal, uh, you have one of the characters heal another character, heal breaks your combo. So, oh, okay. Um, it provides a little bit of attention there because like, you can get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm at a point where I'm going to really knock the mess out of this boss or this enemy. Then the enemy hits you and you're critical. Now you have to make a decision. Do I want to heal? Because you're, in my game at least, um, my healer, Sarah, she's faster than everybody else. So she's going to oh, go so first. Oh, so she would go first and break the chain. Yeah. And break the chain. So, like, do I 
have her dodge because she has a dodge which makes it less likely for enemies to target her or do I just heal and deal with the, the zero combo meter and build and, it up again right um, and then that leads me to what happens after you win the battle you get experience of course and then you gain levels when you gain levels you get HP and MP and then you get to choose a benefit uh, another boost to your stats or a skill depending on whatever level it is that you gained uh, like, for example, some levels, you get a choice of plus 10 to your primary stats, strength, um, vitality, agility, and will. Uh, or you can get another 20 HP, another 20 MP. Or you get 20 to strength right, and right. 20 to vitality. And while, you, <laughs> and while you're doing Goodness. this, there's some, you're welcome. There's some jazzy lounge music as the victory song. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, so I, I like that because I can, f- you know, fashion the characters the way I want and, uh, I can set up the roles so that it best benefits me in my playstyle. And you can do so too. Like you could take the healer character and you can have her be a powerhouse. You can use the benefits to increase her strength as opposed to increasing her magic. Well, with me, I would just increase her magic and make her faster so that if I need a heal, uh, you know, I'll get that heal off before the enemies hit me. Uh, then there's also um, upgrades to your current attacks and new attacks. Sometimes there's an attack. They'll give you like the same attack, technically, but it'll have two different names. One name, like for example, uh, Ice Storm. Ice Storm will give you X amount of damage, a lot of damage, but to one enemy. Mm-hmm. Or, no, X amount of damage to all enemies. But then there's Hailstorm, which gives you more damage, but it's random enemies. And, like, I chose Hailstorm because I wanted to have more damage and I didn't really care about what enemies it hit because I'm using my other characters to target specific people. But maybe in your game, you wanted to hit all the enemies all the time because you want to be sure that when you're fighting multiple enemies, everybody gets the cover. Wouldn't that run the risk of you encountering an enemy that has an affinity towards ice with within a group of other enemies? And if that randomly hit that enemy, it would either be a waste or it would replenish some of their hit points or does it not work that way because I know Final Fantasy games like if you hit an ice dog if you hit like yeah like an ice wolf with blizzard he'll gain his hit points back I don't think that that is um, a factor in this game okay I think that you may suffer because there are enemies that have certain affinities but I think that the affinities just reduce the potential Uh, I've never seen any of my moves actually heal like I hit things that were fire affinity and with a fireball and it didn't heal them uh-huh. Just like hurt them less, so it was useless. So I don't think that that's in uh, in this game. Okay. It seems like this game is really short uh, because there's five towns or four towns, and there's four characters. And I went to the second town and got my second character, and then I went on my way to the third town. I found the third character, but um, now I'm in the third town, and then there's some other place that I have to go. I'm probably gonna get the fourth character, and then the f- the fourth town is a mystery. Nobody knows what's there. And they don't really talk about anything else. So maybe there's, after that, there may be like a fifth place to go to, but being that it's an indie game and it's like $2, it's probably not going to be, you know, long. Right. It's probably going to be like five hours. And uh, with the way I'm playing it, I'm just like, you know, beating this game's ass. So I, I could probably like play it in the little bit of time that I'll have this weekend finish it. <laughs> How far know. are you already in it again? Um, let's see, I think I've played for about two hours. Um, let me just look at the Steam stat on it. Uh, 95 minutes. And 
uh, my character's like level 16 or something like that. And I'm at the third town in the game. And I have three characters. And there's, they say that there's a town in the southwest, southeast, northwest, and northeast, but they don't know what's in the northwest. And I'm in the northeast area now. Mm. So who knows? I think the game is, it seems like it's really short. Um, and it doesn't really seem like this, like, much of a plot plot, because you go pick up, like, one and go, she's like, oh, I love ruins and stuff like that. And then, I love shorts. Oh. Let's fight. Oh, um, yeah, something like, well, not like that, but, um, I was also gonna say that there's a lot of, um, references to other games and little chuckle-worthy jokes, like, the girl, Sarah, she does a, a, a rendition of the Pokemon theme song for the TV show, and she basically changes the lyrics to make it reflect her like her wanting to be you know the best ruins uh you know researcher ever and then she's like talking about how she wants to get your your character to join in the co- on the quest it's it's silly but they had a like a i was telling you the other day um that when you beat the robot boss in the one of the, the ruins areas it the thing it says to you after it dies is i am error which is a nod to zelda 2 right um, and then there's other things left and right I can't really remember now, but they, they give you a little chuckle. You're like, hey, hey that's cool, because you know what they're talking about. Right. Uh, yeah, so I, I've taken up a lot of time with that. that was, yep. That was let's, uh, <laughs> let's, 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 let's hurry it up and move on to the topic that we, co- that, that we dread talking about. What is up with 3DS flunking? I, I think it's doing pretty bad. He's doing pretty bad, but uh, we'll get to that after the break. Sales. Now, I haven't been following, like, it's been a long time, and actually, I think this is because the NPD stopped releasing actual hardware number sales, right? Like, a while ago. Mm, something like that. So, Even though I read something, they were like, oh, uh, NPD says, and I read that recently. Right. But it's it's know. been a long time since I've seen, like, blog posts about the monthly NPD sales. Like, th- that's Very been true. a long-ass time. So, I have no idea how the 3DS is doing, but apparently it's doing pretty shitty. Because I heard that um, the 3DS sold 700,000 in his lifetime. Uh, yeah, that's probably not what Nintendo wanted out of this. No, it's definitely not. Um, what I mean, wanted. it's not horrible, but it's definitely not what they wanted out of this. Because what once cost you and me $250 to buy will now cost people 170 as of August 12th. That is a. Let me bring up the calculator here $80. Not talking about that. I'm talking about oh. eighty over two fifty. That's a th- almost a third of a price drop. Yep. That is bananas. And like I said, Pete tweeted me, and I'm gonna take a swig of this water. Mm-hmm. He said that 
or he was asking if this was the biggest and quickest price drop in handheld or console history. And again, I don't I don't know. I did some due diligence. I did some research. I tried to see if Sega dropped the price of the Saturn to match Sony's surprise announcement of two ninety nine. Um I don't think they did. They didn't. I think the response was shit, we have to bundle a whole bunch of crap bunch of crap in there now, which is what they did. Um I don't know when the Dreamcast saw its first price drop. Um It was a while. It definitely wasn't three months. <laughs> yeah, it was a long while and um well, for the 3DS, this would be four and a half months or so. But for the Dreamcast, right. I know that the first... I, I feel like... Did it drop from 199 to 149 or did it just go straight to 99 I don't remember. I think it might have gone from 199 to 149 to 99 So, but like, yeah. Um, wow. I mean, I... I know... I mean, I, I'll say... So this is not one of those things, for me personally, where I am like, oh, I'm not surprised... But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's just like, well, we should have seen it coming. Because mm-hmm. all the things that we were kind of saying, like, oh, uh, what is it launching? Like, I didn't think it was launching with very many games. Now, I also said that there were other, like, no launch has really been that spectacular. But as I thought more and more about this in the wake of this price drop, it's like Nintendo put out the DS. Then it put out the DS Lite. Then it put out the DSi. Then it put out the DSi XL. And now they're coming out with a 3DS. And so people who don't know any better, there's a little bit of market confusion where they're just like, is this just another upgrade? Like, why does little Bobby want this for Christmas now? Why should I bother? Like, I got him 3DSs already. Is this really that new? So I don't know if they did, if the marketing materials really did that great of a job in saying that this is a new machine and this is why it's $250 and this is why we're bothering to come out with it when there are not too many games out there. Um, so I don't know like, what, what a soccer mom, I guess, is thinking. But, like, again, thinking about it, like, I could see how there's confusion caused. Like, and the other thing is that like, I, I honestly think it came out too early. I mean, I, I really feel like the DS was in a nice kind of plateau stride where you know, it could have kept on trucking along for another couple of years before you know, things started to really hit the fan. Um, mm-hmm. And they decided to bring this out when iOS and, and, and Android and all these mobile game platforms are really coming into their own for games that I don't particularly like, but that apparently a lot of people do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so they really just pushed it out without thinking closely about how do we push this out and compete with the way that the landscape is changing? Or do we just do the classic Nintendo thing and say, it doesn't really matter to us, we're not competing with them? You, you, you kind of are. <laughs> like, you sure. are. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or, or buts about it. Like that, and, and that's what worries me about this company, is that no matter how many advances they make in certain areas, they're always antiquated in other areas. And, like, as a fan of the company, like, it's really aggravating to, to see that they don't want to mature. Like, they, they don't, like... Seriously, tell me, what came out on the 3DS eShop last week that I should care about. Nothing. There you go. Whereas, <laughs> like, there, you know, with all the other downloadable, like, systems, like, like the 360 and the, uh, and, and the PS3, at the very least, when there's something coming out, like, they, they're always, like, pushing out coverage of it. They're always, like, pimping it, showing demos for it, all, all this shit. Like, or at least that's how it's perceived. Even Usually if, that's the case. Right. Most uh, XBLA and PSN games have demos. Even before they were released, right. but and, and I'm and not even just the demos, but just the fact that like it feels like they're as as the platform holders, 
they are paying a lot more attention to the content that is coming out and trying to make sure that we know about it. Mm -hmm. Whereas for Nintendo, it's just like, the Wii is a great example. I can't tell you the last time that I actually said, sat up and said, wow, I know this is coming out on Virtual Console, and I want it. There might be a whole goldmine of shit out there on Virtual Console that has come out since the last time I paid attention. But you know what? I don't know about it because no one's talking about it. Right. And no one's and talking about it because Nintendo's not talking about it. Nintendo does talk about it, sort of. But not like, in the right way because I don't know about it and I'm, there, I'm like a huge fan. So, well, right. Like I'm saying, that, like, for example, um, they send out emails. Granted, the email timing kind of sucks in my opinion. Like, for example, I'm looking at a Nintendo DS News email dated July 30th. Um, which I don't know why it says two days ago, but it says July 30th. <laughs> um, and it's got info on uh, a game that's coming out next month that I didn't even know existed. Dragon Quest, Mo- Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. It's coming out September 19th. Uh, then they talk about Star Fox, uh, Pac-Man, Galaga, Mahjong Cubed, Captain America. And then they talk about new Nintendo 3DS downloads, and it's you know Xavius, Extreme Handman 2, Moto Extreme, Let's Golf 3D, which was the game that came out last week, right? And Antipode, which Antipode, <laughs> no, 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 has absolutely no association with me, and um, it, but it's a cool game. It, but the thing is, if you didn't get this email, which I'm assuming you didn't, then you wouldn't know any of this. And there's also a, a notice about the um, the 3DS price drop, which. I would like to quickly read that when you, uh, you know, when when you're finished with. Oh, uh, go saying. go right ahead. Oh, okay. <clears throat> this is great. <clears throat> great price, great games. It says, an exciting message for people who own a Nintendo 3DS and those who want to. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that line in and of itself. Is just and wise. those who want to. No, an exciting message oh. for people who own a Nintendo 3DS. Uh, they go, Nintendo of America today announced plans to drop the suggested real-time price of its portable Nintendo 3DS system to $169.99 in the United States. The new price takes effect August 12th and makes an outstanding value even better. Building on the popularity of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D, which launched June 19th, the upcoming game calendar for Nintendo 3DS is a who's who of iconic video game franchises. Star Fox 64 3D arrives on September 9th. Another remake. Well, yeah, it's a who's who of iconic video game franchises. Uh, Followed by Super Mario 3D Land in November, Mario Kart 7 in December, and Kid Icarus Uprising during the holiday season. And don't forget that the Nintendo 3DS has a bunch of fun features, including Nintendo Video, the Nintendo eShop, and access to Netflix that make it a must-have video game system. Uh, But what about the 830,000 of you who already own a Nintendo 3DS? Ooh, 830,000, not 700,000. That's what they 000. say. I guess we're mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, but then again, this is from the end of July. So yeah, yeah. the 700,000, I think I read. Earlier? Well, it was an MPD value probably maybe for the end of June. Okay, so yeah. And you know MPDs don't don't take Walmart numbers, so. Right. Uh, you're some of Nintendo's most loyal customers, and we're rewarding you for getting in on the action early with not one, not ten, but twenty free downloadable games from the Nintendo eShop, and in parentheses on my invisible ink, which you probably already own. Uh, hmm. Here's how it works: <laughs> the twenty free games are available to anyone who owns a Nintendo 3DS system and uses a wireless broadband internet signal to connect to the Nintendo eShop at least once before 11:59 p.m. Eastern Time on August 11th. 
These users will automatically be registered in the Nintendo 3DS Ambassador Program. This program contains two elements. One, starting September 1st, Nintendo 3DS Ambassadors will be able to download 10 NES Virtual Console games at no charge and before they are available in the Nintendo eShop to the general public. These games, including Super Mario Bros., Donkey Kong Jr., Balloon Fight, Ice Climber, and The Legend of Zelda are slated to become paid downloadable games, but Ambassadors get them early for free. Once the paid versions of the games are posted to the Nintendo eShop later in the year, the updated versions will be available to Ambassadors for download at no cost. So essentially, we're getting beta versions of the Virtual Console games, and then when they're actually available or something like that, then we what, get them what updated What constitutes an well. upgrade? Now, here's the thing. I read something. Or an uh, update. I think it was on Kotaku. There was something about possibility of multiplayer being thrown in for the games that have multiplayer. Maybe uh, they should the, not make that a possibility and make that a reality like they should have done with the Game Boy games. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying that they they think that that's what's going to happen. Okay, I, I would hope so. Not not that Nintendo thinks that that's going to happen, but they think that Nintendo is doing that. Uh, which uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't really read it, actually. As a matter of fact, I can pull that article up, too. But um, they do know that it's not going to be in 3D. It's not going to be like a 3D classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, by the end of 2011, Nintendo will provide ambassadors with 10 Game Boy Advance virtual console games. These game, these include games like Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Advance 3, which is the one game that I haven't gotten haven't played, and would love to play. I'm glad this is in the collection. Everything else I own. Mario Kart Super Circuit, Metroid Fusion, WarioWare Inc., Mega Micro Games, and Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Hey, that's just, games, that's just more fodder to sell back for Catherine 2. You know, that's kind of true. Catherine 2. <laughs> uh, these games will be available exclusively to ambassadors, and Nintendo currently has no plans to make these 10 games available to the general public on the Nintendo 3DS in the future. I don't think they should, because you know what? They fucking dropped the price by 70 fucking dollars four months after 80. they came out. 80. 80. Whatever. <laughs> Eighty fucking dollars, and like because they plan poorly. Yeah, I, I would be interested, Doc Brown, if you're listening. I'd be interested to hear what your take on it is because I remember there was a Twitter discussion going on about what the right price is, and people thinking that two fifty is too expensive. You know, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um. Oh, here we go. No, that's not it. And, and I know there was so a lot bad. more to that discussion. I'm just saying that. Oh like, yeah. The market determines. What they think is the right price, and I thought two fifty was a decent price. I was wrong, apparently. Me too. The, the rest of the market doesn't think so. Yeah. Now, now you got to wonder what's going to happen with the Vita because the Vita's coming. Oh out my god. 50. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm probably not going to get a Vita, but then I'm looking at stuff. Um, I saw a cheap ass gamer post that their Kmart was clearance putting on clearance PSP bundles for like ninety bucks. But the problem with the post was it was a month old. I had gone to Kmart and oh. was like looking for a PSP bundle, and they didn't have any PSPs. Why? And you have one well, as a gift or something? Cause you... No, I want one with a, a working UMD drive. Oh, I forgot your thing is busted. Uh, so PSP cubicle. <laughs> anyhow, uh, I was talking with the guy, and he mentioned that there that Sony's had. I don't know how. If he, if this is true, because I never read anything about this, but I, at the same time, I'm not going to say this guy knows nothing about games because he, you know, he's, although he works for Kmart, he is the guy that 
knows the games department, and, and I, I, th- I would believe some of what he says. Mm. So he says that Sony's having problems producing PSPs still, like, you know, manufacturing them for the global market because of the earthquake still, which, they're, I mean, right. the car makers are still having problems making cars yeah. to, to satisfy demand. So I, I can kind of believe that. And uh, at the same time, Sony's trying to put the focus on the Vita, which is coming out at the end of the year. So uh, it's going to be kind of hard to get a PSP from that one. I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, so what What could happen with the Vita? I mean, so I wonder if it's just... I really wonder if Sony can spin it in a way that this type of thing doesn't affect them. Because, you know, they're coming out with a 3G version. And I think... I, I, I really do think that um, for, for some people, it's the, it's the always-on network where... I don't need to be near a Wi-Fi hotspot to download my game. Mm-hmm. And with the 3DS, you do. And, like, I wonder if they'll also... Because the 3DS doesn't... They, they don't, like, they don't really... I don't know what it is. They, they don't emphasize the, their, the, the games that are coming out that, like, an iPhone person would be interested in. But then again, if you're an iPhone person, you're not interested in anything else. Very true. And that's all you really need. So... Um, and, you know, and this is this is kind of you know not to go off on a somewhat of a tangent here, but for me, as someone who likes his games a certain way, this is why I freaking like like I stare daggers at mobile gaming because I'm sorry that shit is not interesting to me. It's not they're not games that I'm interested in. They are games that are really too simple and aren't fun. But they're fun to most people, and most of the people are gonna spend their money on that shit and not spend any money on the stuff that matters to me and why does it matter that other people buy the stuff that matters to me so that they can make more of that mm-hmm. and they're not making more of that or they can't make more of that so but who knows we'll have to see what happens with the 3ds holiday lineup um and, and see what happens when games like the new mario comes out and mario kart which is almost always going to like boost something somewhere yeah even though like or it's will the same game like, as it's always or, been or it's, will it's it? just something about it that's the question will it Right. Will it boost? Has the time come where Mario Kart no longer has that magic? Well, I mean, we'll have to see. You know, honestly, I don't think it was the same. I don't think it's been the same game until like, um, until the Wii one came out, and I was thoroughly unimpressed by the Wii version. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think the Wii version of Mario Kart is like pointless. Um, yeah, it's it's all right. But like, Double Dash is a little bit different than sixty four, which is definitely definitely different than the the, the SNES version, which is mm-hmm. different than Super Circuit on on the GBA, which. Um, I, I think when Mario Kart came out on DS, it was like kind of, all right, this is kind of it. Like, this is the last, th- this is a good version of it, but what it's also doing is taking a bunch of old tracks. Yeah, and putting them on the, on, on the DS. It yeah. just took a collection of tracks from each of the old games and made them develop to you. I really think what the biggest thing about Mario Kart was the fact that it, you know, it was kind of the showcase for the Wi-Fi connection. Mm, true, true. Uh, and otherwise, it would have just been another bleh. You know, so, but we'll, I don't know, we'll have to see. But it, this, this, this just, you know, I had, oh my god, the cat is in my room. I hope she didn't pee on my shit. Oh god. Get out of here, get out of here. Anyway, like, it <laughs> uh, just. Well, uh, I wanted to interrupt quickly. Um, hold that thought. Mm. I got the article about the, the 3DS games, that whole comment about the updated versions being available at no, no cost. Yep. Uh, this is from IGN. Um, Richard George is the author of the article, and he says uh, that he asked for a full list of the the games, and the Nintendo rep said that they would announce more details in the future. 
Um, so while not knowing the full roster, I wondered what an upgraded NES title would feature. Were these titles becoming 3D classics? Not quite. In quotes, uh, these will be 2D games. The, they are not 3D classics. When the NES games become available to the general public later this year, they will include additional features such as multiplayer simultaneous play. Okay. Ambassadors will then be able to download those updated versions at no cost. Okay, um, so they're, so they're doing something competent for once. Right. Um, um, let's see. It's easy to get excited about the PlayStation NES and GBA titles on, on 3DS, but Nintendo was quick to shut down my inquiry about whether the NES and GBA libraries could be considered eligible for routine eShop updates. Quote, beyond this offer, we have nothing more to announce at this time, although the press release does indicate that the NES games will eventually be available for sale to the public. So they're just saying, yeah, well, we're giving you what we're telling we're going to give you, and if there's anything, we'll let you know when it's hot. Right. Here's what... If there's any silver lining to this for Nintendo, and for me, as as someone who bought this at 250, I mean, what this does is, I don't know if you remember, my biggest concern, because I was okay with the price, but my biggest concern with the price was that you have now taken away the cost leader um, in, you know, the, 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 I don't want to say the lower common denominator, but like, it's usually been like, Nintendo's always been in the, we do things for a we do things affordable. And Sony and Microsoft, we do things that are hardcore. So, you know, Nintendo removed that whole, like, we do the affordable thing from mm-hmm. the portable market completely by, you know, putting this out there for 250 And putting this back down to 170 kind of inches it back in there so that consumers now can say, for real, and I say this with all the snark in the world, because you know the disdain that I have for mobile gaming, um, for real video games that are portable, <laughs> I now have a choice between a more affordable Nintendo system or a more what's what what's the word for it? A more premium Sony system. And now I have mm-hmm. that choice again. And so that's true. you know, and that that's something that I think you know needs to balance the market out. And 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 like when they did that, I was like, hmm, okay. Not only this is is this coming out too early with not enough software and not enough of a market presence to say, hey, this is a totally new machine, but they're also completely eliminating that market, and that sucks. Yeah. So, and randomly... They're really trying hard to make the 3DS and the DS coexist. It, see, that, that, that the bottom line is that that's not going to happen, and that, no. that couldn't have happened with the GBA, because like I, I was like I was really hopeful, but I was kind of in denial. Like, the writing was really on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know? Um... Because when the DS came out at the price point that it did, and then the PSP came in and forced that to lower its price, it's like, all right, well, what's the point, you know? Um, but anyway, that's all I really have to say on the matter because I'm getting lightheaded from ranting. Uh, I okay, certainly I like to hear more. more of your thoughts, though. Uh, I, I found another article referring to um, price cuts. Woo! Now, granted, this is from um, IGN UK, but I think that the the price drops were really across the board anyway when it came to the consoles. So. Um, there, this article is five controversial console price cuts, which is a little bit of an alliteration, except Zing. prices. Uh, anyhow, um, good news, everyone. We the have first alliteration. One that, <laughs> the first one that uh, is brought up here is the Dreamcast. Uh, Dreamcast launched 1999, 199. Uh, then PlayStation 2, you know, cast that shadow over the Dreamcast. A year later. It dropped to 149, September 2000. Then in March, 
of 2001, they announced that they were dropping out of the console market and dropped the price to 99 So that was a year and a half, I guess. Uh, a year and a half, and it went down from 200 to $100. Uh, PlayStation 3 came out 599 in the US. Now, mind oh, you, boy. this is about um, UK. So it says the PlayStation 3 launched in the UK at an utterly ridiculous price of 425 pounds. Um, and it was 599 in the US and came out months and months earlier. Failed to fly off shelves in the same way its predecessor had. Sony, grin- Sony heads grinned and bore the system's uh, underwhelming response for months before tearing out the guts of the Super Console to cut corners. So they took out a whole bunch of stuff and re-released it six months later for £299, $499. Xbox drops its price one month in and apologizes with games. Microsoft was terribly confident in launching its first console back in 2002 when the computing giant chose to release the Xbox at £299, a whole £100 cheaper than PlayStation 2. So how irked were early buyers when Microsoft announced just a month later that it would be reducing the price of the Xbox console by another £100 to £199, and it dropped to $109 a little later in over the Atlantic, it says. Uh, better yet, worldwide Xbox marketing director John O'Rourke had the audacity to admit the price drop was a carefully planned effort rather than an emergency procedure. <laughs> That's messed up. Um... Microsoft's quick to remedy the situation by promising those who forked out the extra 100 a We're Sorry package, which included two we're Xbox sorry games. We're Sorry package! And, <laughs> and, oh uh, my god. It included two Xbox games and extra controller. Unfortunately, they were Halo and Dead or Alive 3, two titles that most everyone who had purchased an Xbox and a Pulse. Oh, sorry. To two titles that everyone who had an Xbox and a Pulse had already purchased at that point. Number four is Nintendo 64. They say Nintendo 64 slips on its own banana peel. Yeah, why don't you launch a console with two games to your name and only have those two games for, oh, what, three months? (laughs) Actually, no, was it one game? Just Mario Mario 64? I think, yeah, it was Mario 64. Wait, you think you're miffed about Nintendo slashing prices on a Nintendo 3DS? This isn't the first time this has happened. Back in 1997, Nintendo launched its cartridge-based console, the Nintendo 64, in the UK with the UK pound 250 price tag. Significantly higher than in the U.S., where the console went to shelves at 199. Seriously, American friends, you guys have no idea how unfair life was for us in the 90s and early 90s. Uh, then, to make things worse, Nintendo chose to cut the price of its 64-bit system less than two months after launch by a whopping 100 pounds, causing certain members of the IGN team considerable oh. childhood pain. So that doesn't answer Pete's question because we're talking about U.S. prices, but but no, no, for, there's a, a comparable. Oh, oh. Uh, it dropped from 199 to 149 around the same time, or in dollars. Okay, so so Pete, this is not the fastest, but the uh, the price the price cut wasn't as much. Right. Oh, mm, mm. Eh, fifty dollars. Yeah, no, it wasn't as much. I was gonna say not as much. One as much by quantity, but by percentage it was. But no, even even then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Not even by percentage. Uh, but the the Xbox one is definitely uh the the fastest one. Um. What was the what American was counterpart though to that? I think that oh, I, I think it went from two ninety nine to one ninety nine. But that took a year though, didn't it? <clears throat> uh, one month. Really? After in the, in America? Well, it says a little later, so maybe it was two months. I don't know. 
in in the UK it says oh but maybe they didn't release the <clears throat> maybe they released the Xbox late in the UK they they must know. have because I I thought the Xbox was doing pretty well at 2.99 in America for at least a year maybe that's it maybe they released it about 8 months later in the UK and then they did the price drops um the oh those MIF customers who bought the N64 early were treated to vouchers offering them a free copy of Mario Kart 64 or Legendary Space Shooter, Lilat Wars, which is Star Fox 64. Hmm. Um, but the damage had already been done. <laughs> oh, man, the last one is Going, Going, Gone, the PSP Go. Oh, my God. It took four years for Sony to get the PSP system design right. The digital-only PSP Go is a sleek and attractive model. Launching in autumn of 2009 with the ludicrous price tag of 230 pounds, $250. Now the, pr- now the pound is more valuable than the dollar. Um, it's always been. Well, in the earlier post, the, the, the pounds comparable to the dollars were the same. Uh, what do you like mean? The oh, Xbox. you mean Xbox launched at $299 and $299 pounds? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah but that, that's not value. That's just the pricing standards. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, that's true. That's true. That, that, makes, that means that at $299 pounds, that Xbox is automatically 50% more expensive in the UK, dollar for dollar. Right. I, 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 that is uh, something I did forget. So... Um, yeah, two, $249, £230. Consumers were less than pleased to find the limited number of titles available on the system's online PlayStation Store were all priced in an equally unreasonable manner and often released weeks after their physical retail versions. Because the console sacrificed the UMD slot in favor of digital purchases, most PSP owners were more than disappointed at the prospect of being unable to bring their gaming collections with them. It didn't take long for retailers to cut the price of the handheld dramatically, and Sony went into overdrive in offering PSP Go users free software, eventually foisting 10 free games upon everyone who bought the machine. Still, no amount of price drops in free games could keep Sony's digital-only mascot from sinking without a trace. Rumors of the console's production coming to a halt earlier this year weren't exactly surprising, and Sony would later go on to admit the Dinky Portable is an experiment, one which we suspect went horribly wrong. Gee, you think? Mm-mm-mm. Did they say dinky or stinky? Dinky. Okay, that's bo- both of them are insulting, but stinky would have been worse. <laughs> I'm going to pull a Pete on you. One game that I am going to put in my last hurrah list from what we've been playing is Metroid Prime Hunters. Because I got sick of that game real fast. Oh, yeah. Like I th- I thought about selling it, and then I thought, nah, I don't know. I, I have a little bit of, of love for that game. That I, that game to me is like an insult to what Prime is supposed to be. So I'm like, eh. <laughs> like I, I'll give it one last shot. I'll do one more planet, and then just be like, Pfft. oh no! I got another article here that was written two days ago. It says history says the 3DS is doomed, and the, there's a picture here that talks about the Virtual Boy. It says launched August 1995 at 180, price drop October 1995 160, two months. Basically, eleven uh, percent drop. Nintendo sixty four launched September nineteen eighty six at one ninety nine. Price drop March ninety seven at one forty nine. Uh, six months, twenty five percent drop. Uh, GameCube launched November two thousand one one ninety nine. Price drop May two thousand two to one forty nine. Six months, twenty five percent drop. And the three DS. Yeah. March twenty eleven two fifty. August twenty eleven price drop to one seventy. Less than five months, thirty two percent drop. I you know I mean when when you say something is doomed like I never considered okay so so the N64 was 
obviously not the market leader, but right. that thing stuck around. The GameCube stuck around for as long as the Xbox did, which, you know, wasn't that great, but, you know, True. it stuck around. It was five years, yeah. Yeah. The Virtual Boy, that is doomed. That yeah, that is a definition that's in a class of like by itself. Mushroom cloud, like I would say, I would say the Dreamcast is do was that that is doom and gloom. The Saturn, I think, was doom and gloom because that was like all what three years. Saturn, yeah, something like that. So yeah, I, uh, eh, I don't <laughs> later know. in the article they do give a comparison, but the comparison, it, 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 all right, the first comparison, it was a different time. They said uh, Nintendo's popular systems, the ones that succeeded, didn't get the ones that succeeded don't get price drops for years. So it took the right. NES six years to get a discount. Well, yeah, that was a different time. Uh, the we went almost three years before it got a cut, but that's because it sold like hotcakes. Um, DS only got a price drop after Nintendo released the DS Lite over a year and a half later. Which is the same reason. I mean, yeah, the the ones that succeed aren't going to get price drops because people are buying them. Why the ones, drop the, the the ones that them? sell like hotcakes aren't? I don't necess- I personally don't equate uh, success with selling like hotcakes. Like, I think you could still be a success in the market depending on you know what what you define. You know, and obviously True. in this case, Nintendo had its standards held high for the 3ds, which they shouldn't have because they they should have known that they fucked up with the release of it anyways. Yeah, and they should have, well, exactly. I'm, I was going to say, and I might add that it is hot. <laughs> um, you know the stupid Chris Rock thing with uh, Pootie Tang and nope. Lacey? Nope. And he always says, like, for example, it was like hot outside, and Chris Rock would be like, oh, man, it's hot outside. And then Lacey I did not see Pootie Tang. Right but have you ever seen Chris Rock show? Nope. Oh, okay, you don't know. But they, they have this one running gag where this guy uh, follows, who hangs out with Chris Rock, uh, he basically is like Captain Obvious and repeats everything that Chris Rock says. So, for example, Chris Rock would be like, man, it's hot outside. And then the guy would be like, you know what? It's hot. And then Chris Rock would be like, I know, man. I just said that. And they run it over and over again. So I was about to do that, talking about um, them fucking up the 3DS launch. I was going to say, yeah, you know, they should have known that the 3DS wasn't going to sell because they fucked up the launch. Yeah, did I just they? Said that. Did they? Well, of course they did. Yes, they I did. mean, yes, yeah. they did. I, I, yes, this is, they did. I was just waiting for you to say yes because they, they <laughs> fucking did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think that this system is doomed. I, I just think that like they stumbled out of the gate, and you can recover from something like that. Yeah, uh, and the, and look at the PS3. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example. So I mean I I don't know we'll have to see I just I just think that you know I I was never comfortable I was never entirely comfortable with their launch, um, you know the circumstances surrounding it and and you know, goddamn the the news leaks that 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 they blame for having to come out earlier than they wanted to, you know whether or not that's true, um like you know that that shit affects. I, I it wasn't even a leak it was just a standard report. But like you know, I don't know. It, it's it's complicated. It's it's really hard to. Wait, you talking to... about the Nintendo finances? No, I, I'm talking about how like the there were news reports like for investors that like oh here's a 3D screen that they're investing in blah blah. blah. Just oh yes yes. When you, when you always have to make all this shit public, it, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm done ranting. <laughs> yeah, it sucks that in this you know this day and age with 
the blogs and uh mostly it's like blogs because most of the organizations like you know IGN and GameSpot um I I don't know how often they're snooping around like patents and stuff like that but most of the time when I see uh news reports about something that winds up being true it's because a blog found something like a patent and then they go oh this must be Sony's next thing like the Wii U Remember everybody was talking about how Nintendo was coming out so with another screen, console, yeah. and then they started pulling out patents of uh, controllers with a screen on it. And I'm like, oh, come on. And then next thing you know, E3 comes in, and it's a controller with a screen on it. They're cool as shit, they're right. And, you know, that A, kills a surprise, and B, it, it really does kind of do something about hype and uh, com- competition. It's, it's, it's really bad, in my opinion. Man, I'm going to shut up now, too. Apostrophes in blogs. You might want to use them. Anyway, so write in with your thoughts about the um, the price drop. Are you going to get one now? Uh, is is that the biggest thing that was stopping you before? Because realize that there still isn't really that many games. Aren't that many games out there right now? Right. I only have three three DS games. And uh, the the next one that's coming out is another remake. Yep. So and I'll probably get that. I don't even know you if know I want I have, that. Out of principle, I don't, I don't know if I want Star Fox. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like want Star it, Fox. I desire it, but out of the principle of like, hey, we're just going to pump out another remake, I don't know if I want it. Yeah. So. And see, the thing is, like, I like Star Fox, but I didn't really like Star Fox 64. But then again, I didn't like many of the N64 games because of the N64, not because of the game. Right. And so I think that I would probably like Star Fox. But uh, my problem is that I don't like paying full price for games anymore. It's just too expensive. Yeah, well, we'll see. But you know, you you know what else you can see us on the internet. You can find each one of us at drygames.net on the internet. Al, where can we find you? Where do you live? Uh, I live various places, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com/dredmage. Twitter.com/dredmage. Um, there's xlm2k.blogspot.com, which I'll update sometime. And what about your band? Oh yeah, I have a band, and uh, he has a band. That site is uh, rocafuertemusica.com. R O C A F U E R T E Musica with N A T I N. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Mm-hmm. 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 So, and you can find their album Vuelo Letal, which means Lethal Flight. I learned that because Al knows Spanish. Very on the Amazon.com, barely. Amazon.com MP3 downloads list. Make sure to, that make sure that you choose MP3 downloads. There's or other you won't places find it. too. iTunes, uh, Spotify, Zune, uh, supposed to be Rhapsody, but who knows. Uh, Anywhere where your digital media is served, you should find us. Excellent. Pete, where do you live? Twitter.com slash Riven. That's R-Y-V-V-N. R-Y-V-V-N. If you like alcoholics talking about video games and movies, you should follow me on Twitter. Follow (laughs) him on Twitter at R-Y-V-V-N.com slash Twitter.net. That's yes. the only place I live. No, no other place. That's the only is place to live. No other place is important. Okay, and you can find me obviously at Mr. Chupon on Twitter. It's at Mr. Chupon with an O, not a zero. Uh, you can also obviously visit us at TryGames.net at TryGames.net, which we rarely update, but one day I will. Uh, you can also visit me at www.sharkversusoctopus.com, uh, which is nonsense and has nothing to do with video games, but it could. Uh, and that's all the places that I live. Email, 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 email. Email us at mailbag at trygames.net, M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net, or you could spell it the wrong way, M-A-L-E. 
And you can also visit friends of the site. You can visit our friend Maurice at everyonelovesdinosaurs.com. The other Austin out in the world because there are only two of us and we're both awesome at austindlight.com. Light is spelled the appropriate way like a light bulb. And you can visit Brian Fishman, friend of the site, doctor, and he will save your fucking life as long as you go to his blog, which is called drfishypants.com. Also friends of the site, we've got James Dendy Connor at www.gamesjames.com. That's www.gamesjames.com. Not just one game, but multiple games. And there's also our friend Alex and Gary from That Game Podcast, which is conveniently www.thatgamepodcast.com. That's where you can find us. Mm-hmm. Pimpage, right there. bitch. Now watch as I take this timestamp down so I don't forget when that happened. One fifty four oh six which is not going to sound the same as when you hear it because the timestamps always change. But that's okay, because you don't care. Anyway, so any last remarks before I pass out and you pass out? Mm, um, no. Uh, play Bastion. Get Bastion if you haven't gotten it yet. And uh, Catherine's pretty good. And I hope to finish Beyond Good and Evil like in a week. <laughs> I'm not getting Bastion until it comes out on Steam because I need to have it with my laptop. I need to have it with me at all times. Unless they shrink the 360 down, which would be really nice. Not happening. I know. There's a hard drive and a... Well, not the hard drive, but, you know, that big-ass disk drive. But it'd be really nice. It would be really nice. It'd be really nice. It ain't happening. It'd be really nice. Yeah. All right. Pete. Oh, wait. He's not here for Al. Peace out, Boy Scout. (laughs) I have been your... PHP and JavaScript, ASP, uh, the Henry Ford Museum, uh, the book about, I'm just reading off my bookshelf.